It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. I am excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Lindsay Anderson. <laughs> Sorry for botching your name here in the first sentence of the show. Uh, she's the host of a podcast called Traffic and Leads and an expert who works with small businesses to help them use the internet to drive more traffic and leads to their website and obviously sell more product and services as a result. So if you're a small business who thinks they're doing everything they should be doing to generate leads from their website, you know, doing content marketing and social outreach and all that, you know, not getting the results they want in terms of traffic and leads and ultimately orders, then this is the show for you to listen to today because my guest, Lindsay Anderson, is an expert at showing small businesses how to drive traffic and leads online. And she's here to help you sort out what you need to be doing to make it work for you. So, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Andy, thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. So tell us a bit about you and a little bit on your background. Sure. First and foremost, Andy, I have to correct you. My name is actually One Click Lindsay, right? Oh, <laughs> you're right. One Click Lindsay. I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get the branding correct. Right now. <laughs> I'm teasing. But I do have that nickname, One Click Lindsay, and that's where you'll actually find all the information about me. But this isn't about me. This is about your your well, audience. It, well, it is about you. And so OneClickLindsay.com is yes. where you'll find you. Yes, absolutely. That's where you find me. And the reason why I'm called One Click Lindsay, because um, I'm and, sure it's your that's, audience. That's no. Lindsay with an E as well. Just so yes, know, yes, but I was smart and I bought so many versions of that because there's so many ways to spell Lindsay. Sure. So it's really whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> so I'm called that because as you know, when it comes to converting people on a website, landing pages and driving people traffic to a website and you wanting them to do something, it takes a lot of like different revisions. You want to change headers, you want to change images until you hit a sweet spot of where people are actually like clicking that button to either get on your list or make a phone call or whatever it is that you're driving people to your website to do. Um, I had a client chiropractor and I think I tend to repeat myself a lot, so I must have said to him, we just need to make them get the end user to make that one click. Get them to make that click. I must have said that to him 20 times um, as we were making different reversions on his page, and he was saying, when is this going to work? And one morning, woke up, there was 20 leads in our inbox, and I called him up, and I knew he would be smiling. He said, well, 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 if it isn't one click Lindsay. So I picked that up because I thought it was pretty cute. Yeah, well, and... Apparently it works. And descriptive, yes. And so I will go works, to yes. I will literally go to conferences and be called, hey, it's one click or hey OCL. Mm. I do have a certain group of people that know me as that and anyone who's on my newsletter that meets me does tend to call me that. So it's kind of cool. It's a good marketing thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very memorable. Yeah. So back back to my history, essentially, like you said, I'm a I started a web development firm maybe twelve years ago, and that firm was called Web Impact. We'd get clients and we'd do websites. If they were educated enough, they might ask for a pay-per-click campaign or an SEO campaign. And, you know, we kind of go in and out. You know, customers will come and go. You guys will switch web developers very quickly because, you know, we're not doing our job. So I sat down and asked myself, self, 
why, what, what do these people really want? They don't necessarily want a website. They don't necessarily want a pay-per-click campaign. They probably don't even want to know the ins and outs of how to drive traffic to a website. And that's when I, you know, firmed, it became very clear to me that what people wanted was traffic and leads to their website. So I swapped from Web Impact. I went to trafficandleads.com. And essentially, that's what we do for customers. We generate traffic through content marketing, SEO, PPC, 100 other things. And once they get to your website, we make sure that traffic is actually generating legit leads for your business. Hmm. Well, it seems like, at least to me, and in my experience working with companies, including some that are fairly sophisticated, that that uh, small businesses, mid-sized companies, even startups are sort of stuck, right? I mean, they know in theory what they should be doing to produce results, but it's, it's really not working. You know, they build a website and throw a little content out there because people tell them they got to be doing content marketing, though they're probably not really sure exactly what that means. But the result... At least I see often, I say, sort of stop investing appropriately in their online lead generation. So get the worst of all possible worlds. So what's the biggest mistakes you see that small businesses make in their online efforts? I mean, let's maybe start with the two biggest mistakes you see. Yeah, um, and you're totally right. I mean, when clients come to me, it's like, I've tried this, I've tried that, and now like I want to try this. And I think that's because every day, like if you're on Facebook and you're getting the same kind of feed I am, like if you've shown some interest in a marketing, online marketing before, then you're inundated with different ideas. You need to be on Instagram and you need to be on Blab and don't forget to do video and how about this? And so I think um, online businesses are so overwhelmed that they will try 500 different things. They won't stick with anything. They always think that the next thing is going to be their golden ticket to generating those magical leads that are going to work for them. Maybe they'll try Facebook marketing for three months and then that just won't work. But quite frankly, um, many of these tactics work, but so many of them actually require that you put your head down and you do it for a good like if you're not going to hire a consultant and you want to do it on your own, you got to put your head down and do it for a good six months to actually start generating a following and the traffic and leads. So number one mistake is people give up. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah. So whether that's content marketing, video marketing, Facebook marketing, whatever, if you're going to, if you decided I'm going to create a Facebook page for my business and I'm going to post and then like, you know, no one responds for that first month, you got, most people will just give up, which is totally understandable. 99.9% people do it. But I promise you, if you stick in there, and again, this is consultant less. If you don't have a consultant and you're just kind of like posting out there, um, you can, you will get a following in six to 12 months of people actually interacting if you are consistent. It's all about consistency. Same with blogging. Blogging is one of the best ways to drive what's called organic traffic to your website. Uh, but you have to do it consistently and you do have to like, you know, go, go look up SEO 101 and follow a couple of guidelines, but you can do it on your own, but it's all about consistency. So for people that are listening that perhaps a little bit <clears throat> unfamiliar, because I think sometimes now that people sort of start conflating blogs with Facebook pages. You know, you talk about posting on Facebook, you're talking about posting blogs. I mean, so how do people sort of decide what's the one they should be doing, right? I don't have time to do everything. So how do I prioritize which of those is going to be most effective for me? Well, that's a very interesting question, Andy, because it's a, um, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be 
make sure you're paying attention to your own website and putting that content out on your own website. Why? Because Facebook owns everything you put over there and at any moment they can change the rules. Back in the day when company pages on Facebook first came out, we were getting re- like we were reaching all of our fans. Let's say you had a thousand people on your page. Every mm-hmm. time we posted, all thousand people would see it. Now Facebook did an algorithm update last year or the year before, and now you know a very minuscule percentage of your fan base actually will see anything unless you pay. Um, so again, Facebook makes the rules over there. So if you're going to put some dedication into some content. The number one place to put that is your website, but then make sure you can, but there's tons of tools to use like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube that you can uh, put that content out there to draw people back to your website. But you always want control of your content. And not only that, if the content is on your website, then that's where you're going to be able to capture that all important email address so you can start email marketing to people. Right. I mean, even if you're, as I said, posting it on Facebook or so on, the goal is to be able to capture that emails, get them to back to your website. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to pick one, it's definitely a website. However, my super second favorite is definitely Facebook marketing. I mean, it's killer. It's inexpensive. It's but just, it's paid. It's paid. But like what kind of adver- I mean, you know, small business owners say to me, but it used to be free. But it's like, what kind of advertising have you ever gotten for free? Like <laughs> never. And Facebook is so cheap. And not only that. You're paying for the like the eyeballs of your exact target demographic. If you want to target to young mothers between 30 and 35 and within a 10-mile radius of the beach in Southern California that have two kids and a Lexus, hey, you can show your ads to them. And not only that, once they come to your website, then you can retarget them and say, hey, she's been to my website. She must be kind of interested. Show her this secondary ad. Like in the history of all advertising, like I know some – companies that would pay tons of money for that and now we have small business owners that are complaining that it's paid but i mean it's not that expensive so well okay so a couple questions i know i just i just kind of like word threw up all over you there but (laughs) yeah so a couple questions well i'll spool it just a little bit here is so facebook marketing is really paid advertising and you say it's not expensive so give people a sense of what not expensive means and then you know i want to go back and connect it back to your website Okay, so um, let me get. I'll, I'll give you some straight up examples. I have a client, an insurance agent in a small town in Idaho called Driggs, Idaho. We were running some Facebook marketing at no more than $10 a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was plenty that three weeks after we started that campaign, he said, you need to turn it off. I have too many phone calls to return. Hmm. Very interesting. $10 a day. With some of my clients, I say, at least be spending, you know, spend five bucks a day getting new fans to your Facebook page and um, and boosting your post. I'm going to say boosting, but there, there's more to it than that. But basically making sure your fans see your content. Five bucks a day. And I have seen results. I kid you not. Hmm. And so, but they're advertising a specific product or service though, right? Yeah. Are we, yeah. Okay. Isn't everyone? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're saying that making sure they see your content. I mean, so I was just wanting to make sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah, your blog posts or your videos or anything that you're doing. Again, it is all about, I mean, you brought this up at the first of the show. It's all, it is about content. Like you, um, you definitely have to put some thought and personality and creativity if you're going to be using Facebook marketing, but it totally works. Right. Because you're going to drive people back to your website. And so it has to be 
a reward for the people if they go through the effort of clicking on your your ad and being driven back to your your website that there has to be a reward for their a reward there for them in the form of something of value that they can take away and use in their business. Yeah. And that's speaking of that. So that's often I believe you're talking about like the whole irresistible offer white paper download, right? Or something of content. Yeah, that that has value to them. That's worth their time. They've invested some of their time in you. What's it gonna be worth that? You know, what are they gonna get out of it when they get to the, the ultimate destination? Yeah. And and not only that, but people are so iffy on giving out their email addresses lately that I mean, it like you said, it has to be super duper valuable. Like, Back, I know I keep saying back in the day. Back in the day, you could just totally put a white paper up and everyone everyone who came to your website would totally download it. That is not the case at all. In fact, white papers very rarely work. If you have, hey, sign up for my newsletter list, that will like never work for most people. You have to like have, you have to put some serious thought into, hey, if they give me their email address, I totally have to give them some amazing value. So what are you seeing these days that works? I mean, what, you know, people talk about this as being sort of that ethical bribe, right? I mean, the ethical bribe, you're going to give me your email address, and I give you something of, of value in return. What are you seeing in terms of categories of content that are getting the best response and best conversion rates for people visiting your site? Yeah, so my fav- my very favorite right now is one of two things, which is, and they're kind of along the same lines, but it's going to be some sort of, 14 day email course. So we're just, I'm running one for a client right now that uh, she sells a bunch of whole uh, holistic natural products that have like no, uh, just very natural products. So on her website, it's, Hey, this is um, every day for 14 days. I will email you a quick tip on how to make your home less toxic. Mm -hmm. And every day they get one little tip people. So let me tell you the real magic of this whole 14 day thing over a white paper. First of all, you will be able to send your potential client an email every day for 14 days and they will not get mad at you because they want that email. They signed up for a little tidbit every single day, Um, which is amazing. That's amazing, powerful marketing right to your customer's inbox back. Like if you start sending, if you were to give them a white paper and send them an email every day, they would get totally annoyed and unsubscribe. But Mm -hmm. here she's seeing your email every single day. They're seeing it. Um, They like it. Not only that, uh, white papers, people would tend to just kind of peruse and not really digest the information. Right now, it's just a single tip. People think, yes, I can do that. Send me one tip a day. I will try to implement that in my life. So it seems a lot more palatable for them to download. And, you know, it's been it's been a hit. Um, I, I really like those even more if you have some sort of video course that you can send people through. Very short videos. Again, video is so super powerful and important to let people get to know you so you can kind of even intertwine a video course in with these 14 day tips so um well i think this is really important to to spend a little more time on because the term as you used is called an email course right yeah so instead of doing you're thinking about again you got a small business and gosh the thought of of writing an ebook or something maybe seems a little daunting as you said have you know let's say 14 different things about the product or service you're offering that are unique bites of value, something that's of interest to people. They're going to be able to take away and use in their own lives or their own business. And it's just a matter, as you said, of creating an email campaign using off the shelf tools to be able to package that and sequence it and send it out to people that subscribe to your list. And what I've been reading, it seems like those do have much higher conversion rates these days. They do. And 
the trust is built so much more than just a white paper because again, they saw you, they saw your name for 14 days and read your emails for 14 days. And you have 14 opportunities to very subtly sell your products. So like her, one of her tips was, hey, get rid of your BPA shower curtain because it's poison. Oh, I I sell that on my site. You can buy it here or for ease, I also sell it on my site. So she's like not, hey, buy this, buy this, buy this. Um, she's very subtly helping them while driving them to her store. Very interesting. Any other examples of effective email cam email courses that you've seen? Yeah, we're um, we're running one. This one's very similar along the same lines, though. Um, she is a interior designer from Calgary, and sh- we're, we're we created one where she is doing how to um, declutter your house in fourteen days, and essentially it's you know, different steps on how to do that. That one's going pretty gangbusters on Pinterest because we made a lot of really cool images and graphics on how to declutter your life in 14 days and people click through and sign up. Now, that's interesting. So let's spend a second on that. So you're doing it through Pinterest. So are people aren't subscribing it to it on email? No, they are. I'm saying um, the way we're driving traffic to her opt-in page for that course is through Pinterest, it's through Pinterest. primarily. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Because uh, the ladies the ladies on Pinterest are always looking to organize, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's the perfect place. It's driving a lot of traffic, and it's been very effective. Got it. So she's making her initial offer on some sort of very graphical, very interesting mm-hmm. looking something that, pin, that she's pinning on Pinterest, people clicking on it, getting yep. to her website, and then she's fulfilling that via email then subsequent to that. Yep. Very interesting. Well, that's a great, I think I love that idea. I mean, I think for small businesses, again, that are thinking about geez, how they can reach out and, and, you know, provide content that has educational value, business value to their prospective customers. And, but again, the thought of sort of sitting down, creating that content seems so daunting. Yeah. But yeah if you think of it in bite-sized chunks, I mean, would you, Andy, rather read like this gigantic 20 page white paper or like a bite-sized chunk of how to simplify your life one, you know, once a day for 14 days? Oh, I've subscribed to several <laughs> email courses <laughs> over, I mean, just like, I think it was, I don't know, fourth quarter of, of 2015, I subscribed to one about how to build your mail list. There you go. And, yeah. but the person who did it, interestingly, they didn't create all the content themselves. I mean, they even outsourced to people within their network and so on oh. certain of the days. So there's 12 days of the courses, but probably maybe half of them really came from third party sources that they brought to the party. And so again, you know, if you're thinking about it from a small business standpoint is maybe, yeah, we're going to do 14 days as you said, but maybe, you know, maybe four of those days are content that are coming from, you know, a, a manufacturer that, you know, that I do business with whose products I sell. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, this can be as creative as you want it to be. Um, I'm working on another one just so everyone's brains will get working for a local chiropractor who specializes in pregnancy chiropractic care. So it's essentially a course, and this one isn't published, which is why I didn't really bring it up yet, but it's essentially a course on um, if you're pregnant, how to get rid of the backache. So imagine you're getting all these tips and tricks from this chiropractor on how to get rid of your pregnancy backaches. And guess what? Your back's still going to hurt because you're pregnant. You're pregnant probably going to make an appointment with them, right? <laughs> very possibly. That's true. It's a very interesting way to look but at it. But he's built the trust. He's right. built the trust. He obviously understands I'm pregnant and have backaches. Yeah. Excellent. My guest today is Lindsay Anderson. So we were just talking about email courses as a great way to 
uh, engage with your your community of potential customers and have them engage with you, subscribe to something that you're doing so that you can reach out and touch them. So I want to take maybe a step back a little bit and talk about websites, you know, because we don't talk about websites much these days. And so everyone says, oh, I've got a great website. Well, what, what really constitutes a great website in terms of being able to generate leads and traffic? Great question. So yeah, people, I mean, it does seem like we've kind of lost the website, which is like what the most important thing, because that's where you're driving everyone. So number one thing, Andy, is going to be make sure it's mobile friendly. And there's two main reasons for that. Number one, you're going to be scaring away clients if they're visiting you on your mobile phone and they have to squint and they're just going to leave like straight up. Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. going to drop out. Number two, uh, back last year, Google released an algorithm update that basically said, if your website isn't mobile friendly, uh, you're going to lose some ranking. So there's two excellent reasons to make sure your website is super mobile friendly. So many people are searching on mobile devices. It's got to be that way. Yeah. Number I mean, two, maybe oh, three, three quarters of people are searching these days or three quarters yeah. of searches. So mobile friendly is really, it's a, it's really a setting, I guess, you know, more than less, you know, that your web developer can easily put in place to make sure that when your website is viewed on a mobile device, it can be seen and the information displayed in a way that's not just a replication of what it looks like on your computer, but is designed and fit for the mobile device itself. Yeah, the way that we're doing it is called responsive web design, which back in the day, do I say that enough? Back in the day, um, when mobile phones first were catching fire, we would have to create two different websites, one for a desktop one for and mobile. one literally for a mobile, which really didn't even resemble the mobile. It was just like this new landing page that had a whole bunch of buttons on it, essentially. But then responsive web design came out. And and the cool thing is, is regardless if you're on a phone or an iPad or a computer or a massive TV, the website will stretch and collapse upon itself so it kind of just like fills the space it's very fluid and very dynamic and it's all the same website so if you go update a menu it's updated everywhere and when the users visit your website on an iphone or an or a computer it resembles a very similar experience regardless of how they're accessing it and that's called mobile responsive now depending on when your website was built that modification going from old school website to responsive can be costly. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and it may just behoove you to like um, just kind of scrap it and, and start over because websites are so inexpensive. I'd kind of recommend that anyway. What I recommend is go install WordPress, find a really cool template on WordPress, there's thousands and thousands of them, and they cost like $100, and install that, and you'll have a beautiful, responsive, up-to-date, beautiful website. Today's day and age, there is no reason to have an ugly website. That's absolutely true, absolutely true. So the second second thing you were talking about, besides being mobile responsive, what was the other point? Um, what was the other point? That, that it can't be ugly? That it needs to look good? <laughs> that could be. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. That, yeah, that is it. Like, there is no reason to have an ugly website. Like, there's so many builders. WordPress WordPress is awesome. It's amazing. You can modify your own content. There's so many templates. Like, if your website is ugly or there's a big question mark on whether or not you think that people are going to like it when they come, scrap it and get a new beautiful website. No reason. 
Is there a rule of thumb you have for people saying, look, if you've had your current website for more than a year, two years, whatever, because, you know, there's been all the changes in terms of mobile responsiveness, scrolling websites and so on. You know, what what do you recommend in terms of really is that frequency with which and people just sort of say, let's let's do a new one? Um, I would say most of my customers will get a new website revamp every three to four years. And that's enough to say stay current. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I mean, you talk about back in the day, but the fact is, you know, the iPhone it wasn't was, very long ago. The iPhone, the iPhone was introduced, you know, 2007. So really, you're talking about the birth of smartphones less than 10 years ago. And we've seen yeah. all this, you know, how many revolutions of, or generations, let's say, have come through in terms of web design just in that time. Yeah. And really, I mean, everything is changing. And it goes back to what I was saying before is like, don't get overwhelmed as long as you're making forward momentum with your online marketing or like your website or whatever, like. Just keep making forward momentum and don't get overwhelmed by, but I don't have this or this or this, or I'm not on Pinterest or whatever. Like, just there's, there's stay always, the course. Right. There's always going to be more than they can do. Yeah. So, which really comes up, brings to an interesting point is, and not to, and this is certainly not to promote you necessarily, but but is it really, it seems like it makes best business sense for a small business to really have a consultant there to help them with some of this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I think part of the reason they get stuck is they either fear the cost of a consultant or they think somehow they should be able to master all of this themselves when really, you know, best business practices, look, what are you, what are you really good at, Mr. Entrepreneur? You focus on that, hire somebody to do this job. It's so true, especially with all of the options. So I offer a free Facebook course on my website, but quite frankly, you will spend you will spend more money testing Facebook ads if you don't know anything about Facebook ads than you would spend paying me to set them up for you. Um, and that's just the, the general rule with any paid advertising and even any hints, you know, any consulting I can give you with social media or the right direction on how to take your SEO. Um, the way that I have my current packages set up, just F, not to oversell, but essentially at the beginning of the month, we say this is where your budget is best spent. Maybe it's on SEO, some Facebook marketing and a new landing page for an opt-in we're running. So we do that through the month. At the end of the month, I say, cool. That we got that done. Here are the results. Next month, this is where I think your budget is best spent. And we're just constantly making forward momentum with our goals because we can't tackle everything all at once and things change and different ideas come up. So it's just month by month, keep making progress, building that list, improving things, honing things. Yeah, and I think there's a temptation for uh, for many small businesses and entrepreneurs to say, look, I, 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 can, I, can, I can hire a salesperson because I can see what that person is doing. Mm. But the thought of spending you know five thousand dollars a month that I'm going to hand over to a consultant or somebody to help me with this other you know website and Facebook ads a little a little concerning to me because I can't really see it right I mean how do I know I'm getting a return on that But I imagine through the course of your business you develop some fairly concrete metrics that you can supply to people to say yeah this is this is working and this is how it is working. Every single, I mean, every, the cool thing about my package is every single month we have to prove it. So, um, back in the day, back in the day, your only options were like SEO, which takes three to six months to actually get it to start working for you to start ranking on search engines. So we would have to continually tell our clients, please stay patient, please stay patient while we get this on the first page. Like it's not overnight, please stay patient. And then so you're talking about getting, getting the company listed on the first page of the organic Google search returns. 
Yeah, we just had to constantly say, stay patient, stay patient, stay patient. Um, we could run a PPC campaign, which can be hit or miss. Um, it's, it can be very effective, but it is really expensive. But when with the advent of social media, I can be running an SEO campaign in the background for those three to six months, waiting for that to produce some awesome results. But I can get them results today using Facebook marketing or a myriad of other paid avenues, but primarily Facebook marketing. So I can say, hey, at the end of this month, you should either have, you know, 10 leads for your carpet cleaning business based on some paid advertising, or uh, we'll build your list to 25, at least 25 more people based on your budget or whatever your budget is. So yeah, every single month you have, there. there's totally an outcome if you put some money in. And so for if you're working with a company or let's say somebody in the audience listening they they really sell business to business not business to consumer do facebook ads work for them as well it can but you already know the answer to this um my vote on that is going to be linkedin marketing so linkedin but, linkedin ads yeah linkedin ads but i have had um a fair amount of success on facebook to be business to business and does linkedin and through their ads, do they provide the same degree of, of um, targeting, you know, the fine no. targeting that you talked about? No, it doesn't. And in fact, I don't even like to use LinkedIn ads. My LinkedIn strategy, because they're really, really expensive. Like on Facebook, you can get people clicking through for, say, like clicking through and opting in for like a dollar, depending on your industry, but like for a dollar or something super inexpensive. Like LinkedIn to get that click is like $6 or more. It's crazy expensive. So quite frankly, I have not used any of my clients' budgets on LinkedIn marketing. The only LinkedIn marketing I've been able to do is every time they send us a free, like, here's a hundred bucks, try this out. And we've gotten zero results. My favorite LinkedIn strategy, if you want to skip over to that, is um, definitely posting blog posts on the LinkedIn Pulse, which is their... um, their little newspaper um, and making connections. When people connect, you wanna you wanna accept those connections. Maybe send a personal note. Be very involved on LinkedIn. Every time you post on LinkedIn Pulse, your whole network gets a notification, so they're like seeing your name. They can read your article. Then the other thing that I'm doing that's um, that's been pretty successful over on LinkedIn is um, building a LinkedIn group. So right now I have a client who is actually a um, and a coach for attorneys. So he he's he's ran a super successful attorney's office and now he wants to be a coach to help boutique law firms run a successful business too. So we went to LinkedIn. We started adding as many attorneys as, as LinkedIn will, would allow us. We would send them an invite to our LinkedIn group and then we will have valuable discussions over there. Now the cool difference between a LinkedIn group and a Facebook group is, catch this, LinkedIn once a week will allow you to email everyone in your group. So it's kind of like building your email list over there in kind of a different way. It works and um, you have access to their inbox. So now all of a sudden my client has access to 200 attorneys inboxes once a week to send them whatever he wishes. Not only that, he's interacting with them in a LinkedIn group. But at the end of the day, if LinkedIn or change the rules, he doesn't have <laughs> access to their emails though. That's true. However, through that email, he can build trust until they do change the rules, he can build trust and actually get them to an opt-in or a webinar where we can actually get their email addresses into Infusionsoft. Right, which brings us back to a point we talked about sort of at the beginning is that 
if you can, you know, do this through your website. I mean, not that these social tools are bad. In fact, they're very good. And because you said great ways to leverage your efforts to be able to connect with people and build a community. But also if you can ultimately get people back to your website, you've got more control. You always have control over that data and what's happening. So you can build that email list. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So pluses and minuses of that. So, all right, we're going to move to the last segment of the show. Actually, I have some rapid fire questions I want to ask you, and you can give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish, but asking you is your role as an entrepreneur for your own business. Okay. Okay. So what's the most powerful sales tool that you use in your own business? Facebook. So how do you, do you have one specific application like a CRM system or something you use for managing your sales? I use um, Highrise. Highrise, okay. So, who's your business role model? Um, right now, it's probably my business coach, Jim Palmer. Jim Palmer, okay. I know Jim. So, um, what's one book that you recommend that every client read? <laughs> Decide by Jim Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim's getting a lot of promotion he here. He is. I love Jim. Sorry. <laughs> no, Jim's Jim's a great guy. He's been on the show actually. So. Um, and I've been on his show. So what's your favorite music to listen to? It's a tough one. Favorite music to listen to to get yourself pumped up. Oh, well, I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old, so we're usually just listening to Kids Place Live right now. <laughs> but I am a big fan of the Foo Fighters, of course. The so. Foo Fighters, yes. Okay, yeah. excellent. So what's the first sales activity that you do every day? Uh, wow, first sales activity. I would say, I would say check my email, but that's horrible. I would say... Um, I probably spend time on LinkedIn, honestly. Okay. So last question. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by entrepreneurs? How do I get listed on search engines? And your answer is? Write good content consistently. Write and publish good content consistently. Great. It's a good answer. Thank you. We could have uh, two whole shows about what good content is. But uh, yes, I'm maybe sure. we'll, we'll yes. have you back and we'll talk about that. Okay, sounds good. Oh, good. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. Today, my guest has been Lindsay Anderson. Anderson, Excuse me. One click, Lindsay. So tell people how they can find out more about you. Sure. The easiest way to find about me is through my website, oneclicklindsay.com. There I will do lots of blogging about internet marketing and how to like basically do it for yourself. So oneclicklindsay.com. Excellent. And that information will be on the show notes page for this podcast. So remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, One Click Lindsay, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.